Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. My name's Pam Davis Keene, and I'm a professor of psychology. I'm happy that I hope, and I'm still fingers crossed, that we're going to be able to meet face-to-face, or at least have part of our classes that way. Also, that we're able to offer the training and learning opportunities at the University of Michigan. I always feel like, you know, when things like this happen, any kind of crisis, the thing to do is to figure out how to get through it the best we can. And I think the University of Michigan is doing that. So I'm actually kind of positive about kind of getting going in the fall and that good decisions were made about how to do it. I'm excited to see students again. I think that those of us who who teach, I don't think sometimes people don't think faculty feel this way, but we get a lot of energy from the students and uh, look forward to seeing them every semester. So uh, also my colleagues, but it's, it's going to be good to see the students again, kind of check in on them, see how things are going with everybody. I think the biggest issues for me, and I think for most faculty is the safety issues, making sure that everything's been considered. We have a plan for everything. Um, it's only been recently that we've received information on mask, uh, you know, how, how do, do faculty have to provide it themselves? Are they gonna get provided masks? Are there gonna be shields? What are the room configurations gonna be? Um, we haven't yet, but are still working on what to do if we have non-compliance in the classroom of people not wearing masks. Ventilation is a big issue. So I think we're all really understand the issues surrounding how the virus moves around. Uh, and so just trying to make sure that the students are safe, the faculty are safe. I think a lot of people have talked about this, but uh, on any university campus, we're gonna have a lot of people in the age range that are at the high risk. And we're gonna be around a lot of people that are uh, also at high risk, but are more asymptomatic. And so just trying to figure out how to manage that, I think is the biggest concern because we, we don't want anyone to get sick, you know, to the best of our ability because it, it's a virus that we don't really understand. So uh, I think everyone's still kind of working or, and, and certainly my anxiety is to, you know, make sure I have procedures in place to best protect me and the students. I think the biggest, uh, and, and it was the issue coming out of the winter semester as well, is how do you manage, in this case, we have an extra element, how do we do the hybrid model? How do we lecture face-to-face or have discussion sections face-to-face and then provide for those who are, cannot be in our class? Do you do it synchronous? Do you do it asynchronous, which means you put up videos that people can view either after the class or before the class? We have people that are in different time zones that won't be coming back uh, to the university. How do we deal with that? There's a lot of uh, logistic issues that I I think are, are the really kind of complicated ones. We also don't know including right now whether at any point in time we have to go all back online. So after kind of figuring out the hybrid model, then do we have to like kind of move back to the online model? So we're having to literally think about three different ways to deliver the content of our class. And that that's a little, it, it has been overwhelming trying to like figure out, well, how am I going to do this? We have to make a lot of decisions that normally over the summer we don't have to make as we're designing our class. So we're designing three different modes of providing coursework. 
I think in the end, it'll be interesting that we have these, right? So we've never been in a position where we've had to move everything online. So uh, I, I think that's an interesting, I feel like we're all going through a very big experiment on teaching and learning about uh, what happens if you have to move between different modes and the comfort of which you're used to delivering your materials. But I think there are challenges. We, we ran through a lot of them in March of what it means to be fully online uh, and deal with that with all kinds of issues. But yeah, I think that's, those are the kind of trying to make the learning experience as smooth as possible at a time when like lots of things can go wrong. And then managing basically in our, our syllabus, we're going to have to say, here are the three different things that can happen. So, you know, plan A, <laughs> plan B and plan C. And, you know, and just kind of say, you know, if this is what we have to do, then this is what's going to happen. So we're doing a lot of thinking through that uh, to make sure that if we have to move in and out of anything, we're prepared to do it and that it doesn't impact or impacts as little as possible the learning of the student. As everyone knows, we had 48 hours uh, to change. Uh, most That was a Thursday and Friday. Most faculty worked through the weekend to move everything online. Uh, the Monday after did not go well for anybody as we, uh, I would say the week after, it wasn't just Monday. And I, I think it, it you know, there's a lot of a kind of fun excitement at the beginning where people are like, oh, this is cool. This is like a, a neat way to do things. I think a lot of people figured out at that time whether the class they were doing could be done asynchronous or at the same time. Mine was a discussion one, so we kept it at the same time. That was the comfort of the students. They still had I mean, one, I think this is kind of an important thing that students and faculty, but mostly students, have their day set kind of based on their classes. It gives them structure. And I think a lot of the students during this time of what's happening, that structure was comforting. I think it was probably comforting for the faculty as well to say, well, I know I'm going to meet with this class at this time. So for me, mine was discussion oriented. It still worked well. I think I learned a lot about how having the chat room actually allowed for students who don't speak up as much to actually speak up in class through having multiple ways, either you know, the normal kind of raising their hand and or just speaking out. And then if somebody else was speaking, I always told them if you, know, you wanna add to that, just put it in the chat room and then I'll address it as well. So that it, it, it helped, I think, deepen I think one of the sad things for me is I was teaching a class for graduate students that was getting ready for the job market. And at that time, the entire job market for PhD students closed. So we had to spend a lot of time talking about what alternatives to getting an academic position would be. So I, I think I, there was a lot of kind of, you know, don't fall apart. Let's talk about some avenues and, and think about it. So it was good that I, I was able to continue to meet with the students so I could kind of walk them through that. I think, again, it, you know, that was a lot of floundering, trying to figure out what would work. A lot of people had a switch in between. I think we're learning as well. Um, and I'm kind of learning this from my college age son as, as well, like when lectures are working and when they don't and when discussion sessions are working in breakout rooms. So I feel like it, over the summer, because we're now doing it with meetings as well, we're getting a lot better at this than we were. People didn't know how to use the technology. We didn't know what worked best. And so I think now um, we're, we're learning how to do it. We're learning when Zoom backgrounds are useful and when they're not, um, because you've, you, know, you lose your head at different points because of the background. And so uh, we, you know, like lighting, 
you know, what, what is a sustained thing. I think the largest problem, and it's continued, and we're going to continue to have it, is internet connectivity. So many of our grad students and our students move to um, apartment complexes that have very poor internet, and that's all they have. The faculty, in my case, I had three people in my household that were doing Zoom meetings or classes simultaneously. It really strained the internet just within the house. So we had to coordinate and then actually buy uh, enhancers for the house in order to keep our, our Zoom meeting stable and in, including figuring out how to connect it, not through Wi-Fi, but through other ways. So that will continue. I've seen it all the way through the summer, just on meetings that the, uh, what we kind of thrive on at the university, all, all universities, is we have excellent connectivity at the university. Really, you know, lots of great infrastructure. We do not have that in our homes. And so that can, will continue to be a problem that we have people who are kind of blipping in and blipping out. Their internet comes in, their internet comes out, they're fuzzy, they have to turn off their video because it's straining their system. And from a perspective for someone who studies learning, any of these attention issues while you're trying to learn something creates a problem for that learning, right? So you're listening to something and all of a sudden you click off uh, and you miss something, right? And so, uh, or the, the faculty gets distracted because all of a sudden their connectivity goes down. This just causes all kinds of issues for actually learning the material on the other side when we have these, these problems. So I think I don't, we haven't solved that problem. Uh, and that will continue to be a problem with remote learning is just how do you connect people and how do you get them on uh, in such a way that it's a consistent, stable situation. We have a very diverse undergrad population. We can't assume that they can connect uh, easily or in an affordable way to the internet. That is what the University of Michigan offers the students coming in is this very strong infrastructure. So one of the reasons, and I've seen this mentioned, of bringing the students back, it's the same for K through 12, is we have the infrastructure within the institutions to help with that. When we have them at the home, we're dealing with those, um, the, those issues, right? And we, and we really can't overcome them. We can do that at the, at the university, we can do that at an institution. So I think that that's the positive part about um, having the students back is we can stabilize their connection, even if we have to do remote, if we can make, and I think that's the big thing. Can we make spaces on campus available for those who really need it? And, and we heard that in, in the winter semester as well, that there were students, you couldn't go to a coffee shop, you couldn't come on the campus, you couldn't use the libraries, you know, it, it, they were totally, um, dependent on their phones. I mean, some of them are like, I am connected through LTE because that's all I have and it's the only stable thing I have. And so, you know, that's, that's a real issue and, and trying to figure out how to make sure we, we figure that out uh, in the best way possible that even if they come back on campus, which we hope they are, we will be able to do so. How do we make sure there are open areas for students to be able to connect to the internet to take their classes? And again, the same through K through 12, like many of us have talked about, let's put tents up, let's, you know, let's figure out how we can make sure that people who need, uh, and we're having this with our graduate students as well, they have really poor uh, internet and they're like, we need to get back in the buildings because we cannot do things we need to do because our internet keeps going out. 
Uh, and you know that's that's a real problem. So I, I think the only thing we can do is bring them back to campus because that's where we can control that. We can't control it outside in the the larger world. So I that will be a a, cha a constant challenge for us. One of the things that happened in the winter, uh, which I was a little bit surprised about, but happy I could do something about, is I had uh, taught a senior seminar in the fall. Those students were contacting me because I was kind of the last faculty member that they had a lot of interaction with. And they, they just wanted to check in and be kind of calmed. I mean, I mean, many of them were giving up graduation. There was, a, there was a lot of things for the seniors in the winter semester that was very hard. And I think they wanted to talk to a faculty member to just, you know, express their sadness to get, you know, kind of boosted up. And I, I was glad that they reached out. I was surprised how many did to say, I just wanted to talk to somebody. So one of um, the advantages of the hybrid is that I feel like we can, they can see us, we can talk to them, we can help stabilize them a little bit. Um, that it, I think it brings some comfort to have things um, to, you know, for everybody, but for the students to have a structure back in their um, life. That's what I, I worry a little bit about the asynchronous if we're putting everything online for them to do at any time. It doesn't give them the structure that the class schedule gives them and a lot of them that helps them through any kind of mental health or other issues they're having of thinking about their days. We've been trying to figure out how could we set up situations where the faculty could be outside at a table doing office hours or just meeting with students so that they, they are like, ah, here they are. You know, they're not in a little box on my screen. They, they're actually here. Uh, and I think to the extent that we can offer that stability, that would be very helpful because we do more than just teach. We, we also, I think, provide a, a certain amount of, this is what I go to college for, and here's my faculty member, here's my professor. I can speak with them. Uh, and I think it, it normalizes and makes things a little bit better for everybody. You know, we're gonna do our best. Uh, you know, the most important thing, and this goes back to learning, is to try to, to make this go as easy as we can, but know that, our internet, you know, is going to drop. Or um, I, I mean, my concern I can say is that uh, what happens if I'm doing my? I think everyone believes we're going to be lecturing for those of us going face to face, but we're also going to be recording at the same time. What happens if that in the middle of me lecturing that goes down and I don't know it's gone down, or I do know it's gone down, but now I have to stop in the middle of class and redo that. So as I was saying, kind of any of these attention things that break the attention of the students creates learning issues, right? So managing, um, you know, kind of face-to-face -face as well as the technology, even if we're doing it remote, same thing, we're managing the technology, we're managing, you know, cats coming in our background and, you know, other kids screaming and other things going on. All of these are problematic for learning. So how do we just like, I think you're going to have to be like, if I can get these three things across in class, that will be a great day. Uh, instead of thinking that, oh, I'm going to really load things up and, I, you know, and they're going to be able to like intently listen. I think we're going to have to um, take a step back and, and really be like, you know, in this period of time I have, this one and a half hours I have, what, what is the primary thing? And I might have to come back to it a few times because people may fall off. I, you know, there might be distractions. So if I can get those two things across really strongly, then I've had a successful day. So I think we're gonna have to really 
think about our semester, because we also have uh, a reduced face-to-face, what do we want to actually get across in that time? And so I think we're, gonna, we're all going to have to really think through our syllabi and, and you know, uh, kind of highlight, you know, here are the two things for this day. Here are the two things for this day. Because I think in no matter which way we teach that, if, if we are realistic about what we can do given the, the disruptions, then everyone will have a better experience. So it won't be you sending out long emails about, well, we didn't get to this, this, and this today. So I'm sending it to you now. Instead, it'll be like, yep, I got the two things out that I wanted to. We were able to explore it as a class in the way I wanted to. And you know, if we don't do this other thing by the end of the semester, that's okay. Right, that that'll be fine. And so I think we all are going to have to be a little bit kinder and 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 adjust our syllabi. I don't think we're going to be able to hit as much as we used to uh, in the past because we have to be prepared for any kind of issues happening uh, in our delivery of the information. So winter semester, um, you know, we we made it through. I think most faculty will will and students will say we survived. We made it through uh, the winter semester, having to deal with something that we've never had to deal with before. We've now had a few months. It hasn't been 100% clear uh, because it has been up and down. So we've, uh, the faculty have been trying to figure out and adjust and, and do things. But I think, you know, we're gonna do the best we can. Uh, I think it's gonna be better than we think because uh, the faculty really do care about how the classes are being done. And they're all trying to, um, stabilize them and make them as effective as we can, uh, given the situation. I think we're all uh, very much want the students to have a positive experience. Uh, and so I think the faculty are there really working on that. And I, I want the, the parents and the students to know that, that that's what's happening. A lot of work, a lot of thought, a lot of conversation, a lot of working through these issues before we even start class uh, on August 31st. So we are, doing everything we can to make this a positive experience um, for the student. And we, we will be ready to do whatever we need to do. So I don't think they, they need to be concerned about that. It's not gonna be the same winter semester again. The faculty are gonna be prepared to switch to whatever's needed and we'll be ready to go. So they, they will have a positive experience and we hope we'll be able to actually see them face-to-face. Uh, -face. I think everybody would like to be able to have that kind of communication and interaction again. And if we don't, we'll do the best we can uh, remotely with that. And, and to contact your faculty, and one of the things is to keep communication open. Uh, I, I think asking students what's working and not working and being open, not, don't wait till the end of the semester to hear about it. Be open the entire time. Say, let me know what is not working so that I can figure out how to adjust that. And I think having that open communication, which we often don't have, we have these anonymous reviews at the end, but having that all the way through saying, look, we're trying to make this as, as positive as we can, please contact me with things that aren't working or that are distracting or, you know, so I can adjust accordingly um, because we, we're building this together really. And so it's good to get that kind of feedback. Uh, and for the faculty to be open to that kind of feedback as the semester goes, because it, it is a new, you know, teaching in a hybrid way, teaching in a remote way, some of these classes that have always been about the interaction between the faculty and, and the students is, is quite different. So I, I think let's all, let's all learn together and let's all be kind of kind to each other as we're doing it.
Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.